Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey there. Welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. Thanks so much for joining me, by the way. And a big shout out to all of you who responded to my call to action, my last podcast, requesting that you write a review for Build Your Tribe and that you specifically talk about the episode that meant something to you or that you had an opinion about or that you created a decision, something that really touched you. I wanted to know specifically which episode was the episode for you. And it's just been so cool to read your reviews. I have to tell you, that is the fuel for me that keeps me excited to talk to you. It makes me understand like who you are and who it is. I can like picture you and it's so cool to have that connection. So I just have to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do that. iTunes does not make it easy to write a review. I don't know why, but I really appreciate that you've done that. And that is my love language, words of affirmation. I just really appreciate it. As you know, today, I want to talk to you about podcasting. Should you do this? And I'm going to share with you the pros and cons and then some things that might not factor in in terms of like return on investment, ROI, but have a profound effect on your happiness. And I want to start by just saying, I freaking love podcasting, but I wouldn't love it if I didn't know how it was affecting people. I'm sitting here right now in my office. It's almost 11 o'clock at night. And what am I doing recording a podcast? I should be sleeping. I was walking upstairs to my bedroom and I thought, you know what? I can do this in like 15 minutes. And what inspired me to do this is I was reading through your reviews and it makes me so freaking happy to connect with people. So here I am, it's almost 11, it's 1030 at night and I'm sitting in my office thinking about how good it feels to know I've helped you, how fulfilled I feel, how close to my purpose I believe I am when I'm able to share and teach and connect with people like you who are into this kind of thing. So for me, reading your reviews is a pro when it comes to podcasting. And that's important because for many people, when you first start podcasting, you're not getting lots of reviews or, you know, maybe you'll get one a week and you've got to ask for them. And those first couple of reviews come from, you know, your friends and associates, but it really is powerful when you start getting feedback about the things that you're teaching and sharing. It's a comfortable way to teach. Like a lot of people are fearful to go on stage, but they're very comfortable and relaxed speaking to a microphone by themselves and sharing their experiences, teaching, if you will. And yet they still get that gratification from reading feedback and connecting with people like you. So let's talk about whether you should be podcasting or not. I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is why would you podcast, right? Like what's the goal? So let's talk about a couple of goals that you might have as it pertains to podcasting. Let's talk about the first one, which I think is the biggest, and that is networking, credibility, establishing your own expertise. When you are a podcaster, you know, that's got a certain ring to it, kind of like author. I don't know if it's that prestigious because it seems like everybody has a podcast to stay, but it seems like everybody's written a book too, right? But once you start podcasting and you get a certain amount of downloads, or let's say that you're really successful in the launch of your podcast and you're ranking in new and noteworthy, you've got a window of about up to eight weeks where when you're new and noteworthy, people will actually agree to doing an interview with you, even if 
you know, you come from almost obscurity, like no one really knows your name. And suddenly you're able to land these really big interviews with the people who you consider your mentors, the people who you look up to, the people who have written best-selling books and have their own television shows. And why would they want to do an interview with you? Well, because you've got an audience, you've got eyeballs. How else might you be able to spend an hour with Tony Robbins or Dave Ramsey, Pat Flynn, Mari Smith, Amy Porterfield, Lewis Howes, or Jordan Harbinger? I mean, these are people who've made it, right? And maybe you've learned a great deal from them. And if you were to simply send them an email or reach out to them on Facebook and said, hey, I'd like to pick your brain, you're not going to get a response. But if you've got a top ranking podcast and you reach out to one of those individuals and say, hey, I happen to be in new and noteworthy, or I've got a podcast that ranks in the top 10 in this particular category, and I'd love to have you as a guest on my show. Well, they're going to clear their schedule and make some time to do that interview because it benefits them. It's eyeballs. You know, I get hundreds of requests, almost said per week, but that would be silly. I don't get hundreds per week, but I get hundreds in a month of people who want to interview me for their podcast. And frankly, we have to have a way to evaluate who I'm going to say yes to and who I, who I'm going to make time for. And we decide that based on, is it the right audience? And is it a big audience? I mean, that's the facts. Even if it's someone who does have a sizable audience, if I don't really like them as a person, I don't want to spend an hour with them. You know what I'm saying? But if it's someone who I like their podcast and it's the right audience and it's a big audience, well, then I'm going to make time to do that. So if your goal is to meet and network and learn from in a very deep, profound way and and actually become friends with some of the people who are your mentors, et cetera, podcasting is a great way to do that. I can tell you that in the last two years of podcasting, I've met some incredible experts who I, you know, I've got their personal cell phone number now and I, you know, can consult with them on business ideas and we can collaborate. And these are people who I would have never met and never had an opportunity to spend time with. Well, I shouldn't say never, but the likelihood is much lower, especially because I'm such a a homebody. I mean, like I don't go out, I don't go to networking events. And there's so many people who have enriched my life and my business greatly simply because of podcasting. So if that's one of the reasons why you're considering podcasting, I would say thumbs up on that one. Let's go through some more. If you're doing it to build your business, I would tell you, eh, it's probably not the number one activity I would suggest you start with. The number one activity I would suggest you start with is live streaming video on Facebook. That would be my go-to. Building your business by building a podcast is tough. Unless you have an existing email list, it's going to be difficult for you to launch a podcast and have it rank high enough that it gains the traction that it needs to attract new customers, customers who don't already know about you. So what I'm saying is you have to have at least some kind of a customer base to begin with to be able to say, hey, guys, listen to my podcast And be sure to give me a rating and don't forget to subscribe. And when they subscribe and they give you a rating and they download some episodes, well, that's going to boost you up in the ratings. And then that's going to take you up higher in the rankings, which helps people who don't yet know about what you do to find you. And yeah, that could turn into new customers. That's a long game. That's a long game. And it's a lot of effort. Effort that is more certain, in my opinion, if you're doing live streaming video. I think Ultimately, the reason why podcasting is so powerful 
is because I'm in your ear right now. Most people, when they listen to a podcast, they do it differently than how they consume most other forms of content where they're reading or watching a video and doing like five other things at once. But podcast listening is different. Like you kind of know me. We have like this relationship, right? Like, especially if you listen to a ton of episodes of someone, you start to like really feel at home with them. Like their voice becomes comforting and soothing and like there's a trust level there and authenticity and a comfort. And that builds long-term relationships, right? Because ultimately to build your business, we need for people to know, like, trust, and eventually buy from you. So we get no like and trust on a podcast, buy, not so easy. So how do I get people to buy after listening to a podcast? Well, it's difficult. You know, I can tell you to go to marketingimpactacademy.com, but you know, you're listening on your phone. So the likelihood of you doing that, of anyone doing that, no matter how big of a fan you are, it's small. And you have to hear that message over and over and over before you're like, oh yeah, I'm listening to a podcast while I'm on my run and I'm going to remember to go to that website that she mentioned when I get back from this run. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not as direct as say, I'm doing a Facebook live video and I'm telling you the link and someone can type the link in the comments under my video and they can click on that link and go directly. It's like right there then in the moment where I can get people to immediately go to my website and buy. I also think it is still much more powerful to connect with people on video. And I'm saying that right now on a podcast which is not to say that all people are best on video, but if you have the ability to just be yourself, like and relax and just chill out and get over the fact that there's a camera rolling and you can just really be you, then video is a faster, more direct route to know, like, and trust. Because when we see someone, we're not just taking in their voice. Now, voice is a lot to do with how we judge someone and how we decide whether we like, know, or trust them. But so is the nonverbal. When you're watching me on video, you're looking at my eyes. You're looking at my facial expressions. You don't just hear if I'm crying, you'll see a tear and you'll be able to decide if it's real. You can watch someone and see if they're comfortable, if they believe what they're saying when you're watching them live on video and sometimes on podcast. You don't pick up those things. I know plenty of people, podcasters who I've met, who I love their voice and they seem confident and articulate and I really like them. And then I meet them in person. I'm like, oh, wow, they kind of need a teleprompter. They must be reading it because they're so kind of uncomfortable and unsure and almost insecure in person. So that's somebody who does great on podcasts. So if what I've described is you, like you're like, oh, I do not like video. I freeze up. I can't be myself, you know, forget about it. Well, then podcasting is a better solution. But if you're trying to build your business, consider live video first. The number three reason why you might start a podcast is to make money. Woo -woo! Like growing such a huge audience, getting so many downloads that sponsors are just knocking down your door, trying to pay you to sponsor your podcast show. If you're a regular listener to most podcast shows, most podcasts are sponsored, you know, 99designs or this show is sponsored by Audible or whoever it is. I just gave both those companies plugs right there. I don't use sponsors for my podcast. And that's a decision that I've made because 
and here's the honest, very transparent truth. We could make a lot of money if we used sponsors for The Shaleen Show and Build Your Tribe because we've got the downloads. The way sponsorships work is there's a few websites you can go directly to and you just simply type in your demographic, the people who are listening to your show, how many downloads you get per episode, and then it's just a rate card, right? And sponsors can go, oh, wow, we've been trying to reach female entrepreneurs in the age range of uh, 25 to 45 and the, her show really nails it. So, you know, they just pay a rate fee and they pay a certain amount per episode, sometimes per download, but usually per episode based on the amount of downloads that you receive. And you get a certain amount if you have a pre-roll, which is just before the show starts, you're like, hey, this is Shalene Johnson and this episode is sponsored by ABC Company. And then you get an additional fee if you do a mid-roll, like we're in the middle of the show, I'm suddenly interrupting the show to say, okay, guys, we're going to take a break and tell you a little bit about my sponsor. And then another rate at the end of your show. Well, we've elected not to do that, but I think some podcasters that you might want to look at who are doing this really well are, of course, anyone who's in the top 10. They're almost all sponsored podcasts. Pat Flynn uses sponsors. Lewis Howes, Jordan Harbinger, Art of Charm, and many others. And that's a huge source of income. Many of them will actually even disclose how much they're making from their sponsorship. So that's a way to make money from a podcast. However, in order to truly make money out, you've got to have a lot of subscribers. And the only way you're going to have a lot of subscribers is if you already have a fan base when you launch. Otherwise, it's going to take quite some time and effort and determination and a lot of promotion to get your show to the point where you're getting so many downloads, you can command top dollar for sponsorships. As I've said, we've elected not to use sponsors. And here's the transparent truth. Finally, we were waiting for that, Shalene. It is because I don't want to send you to do business with somebody else while you're listening to my show. If I've got time to spend with you, then I want to tell you about something I can help you with, whether it is Instagram impact or my course that teaches you how to be happy and confident, the Courageous Confidence Club, or maybe I'm going to suggest a freemium to you. Maybe I'm going to suggest that you take one of my mini courses that's free, like blastyourbroadcast.com. That's just a free mini course on how to get really good at doing live broadcasts. So I'm of the opinion that we spend, as entrepreneurs, we spend too much time driving people elsewhere. You know, we're on Twitter and saying, hey, be sure to like me on Pinterest. And we're on Pinterest and we're like, hey, check me out on YouTube. We do a lot of that. Some of it's unavoidable. But most of it, if we really think about what we want to do, it is or should be take care of the people we serve. And to do that, we've got to protect them. And I try not to send my customers you. I try not to send you elsewhere. I try to see how I can help you. And if I have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes with you on a podcast, hopefully I can offer something to you of value that relates. What's the next reason someone might want to start their own podcast? Well, for expertise. I mean, you could write a book, which a lot of people do, and that's not easy in my opinion, it's much harder to write a book than it is to record two years worth of podcast episodes. That's just my opinion. But it does lend itself credibility. You know, as your introduction to others, as your tagline when you're introducing yourself, it's credibility. When you have a podcast 
and people know that you're a podcaster and that you interview people and you're speaking on a particular topic, it lends itself to your expertise. It helps to establish yourself as a leader in that industry or as a thought leader. So for that reason, I think it's a great idea for you to podcast. Now let's talk about what's really involved in podcasting and help you understand what it's going to take for you to do a podcast. And in my research and preparation before doing this episode, I decided to take a look at what others have said about pros and cons for podcasting, which I did, of course, before launching. And a lot of that has changed. A lot of the cons that people list for podcasting is that it's expensive and it's incredibly time-consuming. And that was pretty much it. Expensive and time-consuming. Those are the two things. Well, it's not. It's not expensive at all. Many of my episodes I record from a $20 external microphone that I plug into my phone. Now, I know that has the sound police flipping out. Like, there are those people who are podcast junkies. So, like, if you look at the top 10 podcasts overall iTunes, the NPRs, Serial. I mean, the production quality is insane. Like they have 10 sound engineers working on those shows. Yeah, I'm just plugging a $20 microphone into an iPhone and I still have ranked in the top 50 overall iTunes. I still consistently rank in the top five in health. I still consistently rank in the top, you know, 10 to 20 in business with a $20 microphone and no team and my freaking iPhone. Is it expensive? No. No, not at all. I mean, unless you're trying to produce one of those shows where that's a different listener, that's a, you know, very highbrow podcast listener who has an ear for the sound quality. You know, the people who listen in business in particular, we want content. Yeah, I don't want the sound quality to be crappy. Sorry, kids. But we want content. Now we want it fast. We want it direct. And most of us are doing this for business development. So it is not expensive. It doesn't cost much to host your podcast on Libsyn. Designing the artwork you can do yourself on Canva, it just does not cost any money to produce a podcast in terms of equipment. It just doesn't. Does it take a lot of time? Yes, definitely. And more so for some than others. It doesn't take me a lot of time anymore. Most often, as you know, I am recording a podcast while at the same time I'm doing a Facebook live stream. 90% of the time when you're hearing a podcast, not today, but 90% of the time, whatever it is I'm going to say, I might as well just say it on video and plug in my external microphone and I can use that audio for my podcast because it's the same message. I haven't prepared, you know, a script. I'm not reading from a teleprompter. I'm speaking passionately about something that I know a lot about or I've done my research or I have the facts and I'm summarizing what I've learned and I know it and I'm passionate about it and I don't need to do anything special, whether I'm on video or podcast, I deliver the same way. So for me, that's pretty easy. Now, a lot of podcasters, however, like to prepare their notes. They want things to be very concise. They have a difficult time just going off the cuff. That's harder and it takes more time for them. For me, it takes less time. So it's all about how it is you record. If you record the way I've just described, then it's pretty simple. It's a matter of the time in preparation that you put before you sit down to record. And then it's recording. And then it's hitting stop record. And then it's uploading it to Dropbox and having your virtual assistant edit it for you. Where podcasting can be incredibly time-sucking 
is if you are an old school entrepreneur who thinks you should be doing all the things that you can figure out how to do, such as editing podcasts. If you think you should start recording a podcast and learn how to edit it yourself, oh, lordy, lordy, Michael Jordy, that is a bad, bad, bad idea because you'll spend hours and hours editing it when you could hire somebody across the globe who can do it for you as little as four or five dollars per hour. Don't know what I'm talking about? Then y'all should check out virtualbusinessacademy.com. Yeah, that's a plug for one of my programs. And it's a program where I teach you that you should not be doing these things and where to find really, really, really awesome people who are not, you know, one-off jobs like people that you find on Upwork, which no offense to Upwork, there's still some great people on Upwork, but that's not what I'm talking about. I want to teach you how to figure out the best teammates to bring on your small business team to do things like editing your own podcast, because that's not something you should be doing. That's why a lot of people start a podcast and it sucks everything out of them because they edit it themselves and produce it themselves. They upload it to Libsyn. It's where the data, the sound that you're listening to, the MP3 or whatever, the WAV files are hosted. So they're hosted on Libsyn. Some people use SoundCloud. There's a couple of others. And then that file is sent to iTunes and then it's iTunes that distributes it or there's a couple of different organizations that we use to distribute the podcast. But To learn to do all of these things is pretty basic. I mean, Google it. I, of course, learned most of what I needed to know about launching a podcast from Pat Flynn. Pat's got some great freemiums. I love that dude. He's such a cool dude. And I learned basically everything I needed to know about launching a podcast from his freemiums. And then I also did a private consultation, phone consultation with John Lee Dumas. And really in that consultation, I paid top dollar, I think for like 30 minutes of his time to ask him like two questions that I needed his opinion on. I didn't have a relationship at that point with Pat Flynn or any podcasters. And I'm like, here's what I asked John Lee Dumas. Should I launch two podcasts at once or is this a dumb idea? And he kind of went over some of my details and, you know, what type of audience I had. And I made my case for it. I said, I know with my email list that I can launch both of them. And I am positive I can get them both a new and noteworthy. Is that a good idea? And he said, yeah, why not? You know, people are going to be like, huh, what? Like see two of them at the same time. And he gave me some really good advice. He said, I would have the artwork for both of them be very similar, but yet different. Like have your picture on both of them so that it's not just like the words. It doesn't just say build your tribe and font. It's like you see pictures of you for both of your podcasts, the Shalene Show and Build Your Tribe. And so I'm, I'm down a rabbit hole now, but I guess the reason why I'm sharing that story with you is sometimes it is worth paying an outrageous top dollar for a very brief consultation with an expert, even if it's just to get one answer. I've done it countless times. I have paid for crazy consultations because I had one very specific business changing question that I couldn't find the answer to anywhere. Like I'd done my research. I've done every freemium. I've done every course. I've Google searched it. I've watched YouTube videos. You know, I've done the trainings. I've got this one idea and I need to know from this person if, you know, what's the answer. And I've never been disappointed by paying that kind of money. I mean, as much, I've even paid $10,000 to ask a couple of questions to an expert about the launch of my book, Push. 
and some ideas I had for turning it into a New York Times bestseller without having to do the normal press tour. Like I didn't want to traipse around to all of the talk shows and, you know, I didn't want to have to do a million interviews and I didn't, I didn't want to have to do all that. I just wanted to write the book and have it become a New York Times bestseller. And I had a couple of ideas. And so I paid $10,000 for basically to have four or five questions answered for me to make sure that this idea that I had would work in terms of promoting it. And that was worth every penny, as was that consultation with John Lee Dumas, because I had a single question. I don't think it makes sense for people to pay for an expert. I'm really, I'm still on that rabbit hole. Can't you tell? I don't think it makes sense to pay for an expert expecting that they're going to like, you know, wave a magic wand and make you successful. But if you know having some inside very specific information is what you need, then it's worth the investment. Back to the question of how much time a podcast takes. I will say this, in order to be successful at podcasting, you've got to do it consistently, said the girl who is very inconsistent with her podcast. And here I go telling you to do what I say and not what I do. And I have to say that because my circumstances are going to be different from yours. When I first started podcasting, I was incredibly consistent, very consistent. I produced multiple shows, multiple episodes for both of my shows every single week. Yeah, like two episodes per week for both shows for several weeks for quite a while. I don't know how long, but for a long time until it started to become too much to keep up with that schedule. And since that time, I've explained to my audience and thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you for being so patient and understanding. Since that time, I've become less consistent and I've explained it is because my family's obligations come first. So tonight I have the ability to stay up a little bit later and I can sleep in tomorrow morning. But if, for example, I had planned to record a podcast tonight and my daughter needed me to help her on a school project, then that would take a priority for me over being consistent in my podcast. Here's the right way to do it is to have a certain number of days that people know your podcast is going to release, that it releases every Monday morning at 8 a.m., every Wednesday at 8 a.m., and every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., like where people know the day and the time and it is consistent. It's like clockwork. That's ideal. That's ideal for YouTube. That's ideal for your blog. That's ideal for your podcast. That's a way to be successful. That's not what I do. And I'm still able to be successful, but it is because in the beginning I was more consistent and I would be much more successful today with my podcast. I know it would rank higher. I'm positive it would automatically rank higher if I produced a certain number of episodes per week and you knew what days they were coming out on. However, it is more important to me to be successful as a mother than it is to be successful as a podcaster. And that's what's right for me. But do know that going into this, in the beginning, like all things, it's a considerable investment of your time and consistency is the key. I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you have, I'd love to know about it. So write me a review. When you click on write a review, what you'll do is title your review. And I want you to title it, Should I Start a Podcast? That way I'll know that you're you're referring basically to this episode. So even if you've left me a review before, I'd love to know if this episode has helped you in some way to decide if in fact you would like to start a podcast. And shout out to John Lee Dumas and 
Pat Flynn. Thank you, Pat Flynn. We love Pat Flynn. Check out his freemium. Awesome freemiums on starting your own podcast. And of course, if you'd like to know some of the equipment that I use, you can find that too by going to blastyourbroadcast.com because I explain how I do live video and I use that audio for my podcast, etc. So I hope those resources are helpful to you. And I look forward to spending this time with you again soon and reading your reviews. That's my joy. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. We're done. We're done. Love ya. Bye. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.